Hello, welcome to the Homeschool High School podcast, brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I'm your host today, Vicki, and I am here with Marilyn and Barb. Yes, we have our friend Barb back. So Barb did an episode with us a few weeks back on homeschooling gifted kids, which if you have a gifted kid, go back and listen to that because it was so encouraging. But we're missing Sabrina today because she's away interviewing actually her father, which is really cool. So Dr. Gerald Culley will be talking about apologetics. So we couldn't all be in the same place. But uh, I'm looking forward to talking to Barb today. So we were trying to figure out the title of what we're talking about. And it's rather difficult to squeeze into four or five words. But basically what we want to share today is our experience helping kids transferring out of a traditional high school setting into homeschooling the nuts and bolts version. Like how you capture the courses on the transcripts and decide what on earth do you use for curriculum, if, especially in integrated courses or language arts that it's vague and their transcripts don't tell what at all they have done. So that was not four or five words at that all. That was not four or five words. <laughs> no. So someone's gonna have a challenge coming up with the title for this one. So the, the SEO would not approve on that. So we got a lot to talk about. I think we'll start, we'll just go down, imagine a transcript in our heads. And so the first thing when we work with our local homeschoolers is to put language arts and get that out of the way. So kids who have been in a traditional school setting, Barb and Marilyn, when y'all see their transcripts, how do you know what it said? It says English nine. You know, like, what is English nine on a, on a local, you know, high school transcript? So fortunately, when we are transferring that to our transcript, we put right over it that this is transferred from X high school. Absolutely. So it stays on as English 9 honors or just plain English 9 with the number of credits and the grade. However, as homeschoolers, we have certain things we want our students to know how to do before they leave high school, among those being reading and writing. We kind of want them to know their grammar and some vocabulary, although we've done a whole episode on grammar and you might want to go back and listen to that lest I get on my soapbox right now. So (laughs) the editor. Yes. (laughs) (sighs) Makes my teeth hurt just thinking about it. So (laughs) when you get text emojis in the middle of your essays. So yeah, so we, we as homeschoolers want our kids college prepared or life prepared. And so we assume that going forward, they are going to need to read real books and write essays and research papers and creative things so that they are well prepared for life and have a good vocabulary and be able to use some grammar. Exactly, and most students coming out of traditional schools these days have done essays. Essays are a big thing right now. Many of them don't do a research paper until their senior year. Right, yeah. And we like to do them, well, we like to make our students do them every year because if they're college bound, they will be writing lots of research papers. There's there's no escape. And if they start learning the kind of thinking and writing skills early on, 
Um, it, it helps them. So if you got a kid transferring, you just assume that they probably have not done a research paper, right? Probably have not done a research paper, at least any longer ones, yeah. and probably have not read an entire book unless they're in an honors class that made them read it over the summer before school started. This is true. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes they do have their summer reading, but yeah, I was reading a, a research study that, and I don't remember the percentage exactly, but it was well over half, a large percent of students have never read a whole book in high school and on their own personal time haven't read because it's kind of out of style, unfortunately. So we, we require it. That's really hard for those of us who rarely go a week without reading a whole book <laughs> or more than one book. Yes. <laughs> so, so language arts going forward, we just, we just generally accept what's on the transcript coming from the regular schools, right? Yes. And say that this credit was transferred from X high school with the grade and the, the, the credit amount that was there. And then going forward then to the other subjects. So it gets more complicated with math and with science. And because you end up with um, having to figure out where on earth to place them. So, so <laughs> Barb, tell us some of y'all's adventures with, as um, Marilyn and Barb are academic advisors for the local homeschool community. And so they are always working with kids coming out of the public schools. It's kind of the rage these days, you know. Exactly. People, yes. and, and Barb is our go-to when it comes to the STEM fields because that is her area of expertise. And it also allows me to palm it off on somebody else. So yeah, That's okay. I palm all the language arts stuff off on you. Um, one of the biggest problems that we have, especially in the local public schools, but even so in some of the private schools, is they do an integrated math. Now that's becoming less common, but it takes a while for the pendulum to swing back to a regular math. Now integrated math can be anywhere from trying to integrate Algebra 1 geometry and Algebra 2 to integrating Algebra 1, Algebra 2 geometry and pre-calculus at the same time. The problem is there's no standard method of integration and each set of books tends to do it at a different pace so or a different uh, different grouping. And the problem is if you have a child that's taken integrated math one and two say they're going to have holes and they're going to have some holes from algebra, some holes from geometry and probably have not done a whole heck of a lot of algebra too. And it's plugging those holes that are that it's really the issue, especially if the child wants to go into a STEM field. If they're not STEM oriented, it's less of an issue. But if they want to go into a STEM field, they really need to not have holes and going forward. And that's difficult to try and figure out what they need and what they don't need. So I like your theory on how the, some of the integrated math curricula was assembled. So I think you should. <laughs> My theory is they've taken a geometry and algebra one and algebra two and a pre-calculus book, cut it up into half chapters, threw them up randomly, and whatever way they came down is the way they teach them. So, um, <laughs> and it's kind of been your experience. And so it does create holes because if they didn't pick up one of the pages off the floor, it didn't go in the book. Right, so. right. And so your child is fine if they've, if they've completed the integrated math that the school has. But the biggest problem is if they hadn't done that. 
um, going in and knowing exactly what they have done. Now, sometimes you can find that out from the school before you pull your child out. Say that really, really clearly. So this is the trick. This is a magic trick coming from the horse's mouth. What do they need to do if a parent's pulling a kid out of regular school before they transfer into the umbrella school, homeschool, whatever the new situation is. Right, if you're thinking about doing that or you're planning on doing that before you actually tell the school, you need to get as much information as possible about the classes that they've already taken. Sometimes that means that parents have access to only a certain part of the websites on a lot of the schools, getting as much, downloading as much of that information, the class descriptions, the books that they're using, the uh, what exactly those courses are supposed to go over. That information should be available, any syllabi to the classes. That pretty much closes after you've pulled the child out. That's one of the first things they do is take you off of that specific area of the website. So if you know you're going to pull your child out, get as much information about all of their classes as possible so you know where you need to go in the future. So, and that just disappears yes. after the... There. You don't have access to it anymore. Yeah. Right. So it's nice to have, and then you can piece together where that, that student needs to go. Yes. If you're still... If your child is still in the class, so say this is not the summer, and we're thinking summer right now because it is summer, but if your child is still in the class, it might even be a good idea to go and take the table of contents and copy those pages because that will give you a really good idea of what they've done and what they haven't done. Students don't always know. They don't no. always remember exactly what they have finished, but if you... Do the table of contents um, and copy that and then make a mark at how far they had gotten in it before you pulled them out. That will at least help you figure out what they still need or if you have somebody who's um, an expert in the field like we do here, they can look at it and say, I think you better go back and do some Algebra 1 because you have a lot of holes or you need to do a geometry because you've only hit that a little bit. Even if you don't have somebody who's expert, if you can find out the publisher and the name of the book, sometimes you can get on the publisher's websites and actually see, again, what the books supposedly go over. So that's another way of finding out more information. So let's say you're, you brought your junior out of a regular school setting. So you've got a kid who's in 11th grade. 11th grade is such a key year. And this is a kid going into a STEM major in college. So math is really important. If you look through what they've done and are saying, I don't know, I'm not sure we've covered enough. I'm not sure he's ready. Um, how do they make up for the lost places? Well, one of the things I do, and it does help if you can catch this early in the summer, so they have some time uh, to work on in the summer, is take a basic Algebra one book and have them go through it and maybe take the, usually there's a chapter review at the end of every Algebra, or right. the, at yeah. the end of every chapter of a math. Have them do the chapter reviews and kind of like as a test and see where they have problems and then plug in those holes. That way they're not going over material they know, but if there are holes that you will catch it. So you catch the holes and let's say they, they found a hole, you, you know, you go, oh my gosh, he doesn't have X concept. 
So what do you do then? Do you go back and do all of Algebra 1 again? or No, no. Usually, again, because integrated math, they do, it's more holes. You then do the chapter of a standard Algebra 1 book that they don't seem to understand and then go from there. Um, also, the one thing I would suggest, the only, the only proviso I would have with that is geometry. Sometimes I just say, because geometry tends to be little bits and pieces, and students really tend to struggle with geometry in an integrated math course right. because it's not together. I tend to say pick a, pick a regular geometry book and just go through it in total. Um, and you can do that in, in conjunction with another math course. Geometry is really easy to do at the same time as, say, Algebra 2 or even a pre-calculus. Right. As long as you've had Algebra 1. Yes. Because you will need Algebra 1 in your geometry yeah. curriculum. So, so geometry is really important not to have holes to really understand that because you've got so many, like, proving theorems and those kind of concepts. Part of it is logic, is logic, but also part of it is standardized testing. They yeah. tend to use a lot of geometry on standardized testing, and that tends to be where students oftentimes don't score as high. Right. And and if they're going to be a STEM major, they need good uh, scores on the SATs or yes. ACTs. Especially on the math section. section. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense. <laughs> yes. So it's, it's worth the time bolstering those skills if that's the kid's goal is to be a STEM major. Yes. Yeah. And if they're going to be a STEM STEM major, and they're going to be wanting to take the higher-end science courses to segue into science, there's math required for certain science courses. So if they don't have these math concepts, they're either going to spend inordinate amounts of time trying to get through that course, or they're really going to struggle or do poorly in it. So. Yes. Now, yeah. I'd just like to say if you have a non-STEM major, you still probably should plug holes, but what I would suggest is just get a hold of a college algebra book and do that. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And or to have them take a college algebra class at a local community college. That will effectively plug a hole. It's not the ideal, again, because STEM majors tend to need the pre-calculus and calculus in high mm -hmm. school before they apply to higher-end colleges. But if you have a non-STEM major, that would be a, another way of plugging a hole. Yeah. And so for kids who want a little bit of dual credit, they can do that, like go to the local community college and do their math placement tests there. Yes. And fill in some holes with some local courses. Yes. There's also some online courses that will do a college algebra. So even if you don't want, you know, you don't necessarily want to go through the dual credit, you can mm -hmm. still do that. And again, that would, that would plug any holes that you would have for a non-STEM. Uh, person. Speaking of plugging holes, it just popped into my head. On the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, there's one of our colleagues is Mr. D, who does math. And he has a whole podcast about math and actually teaches online classes and does these boot camp experiences for kids, helping them get caught up. I don't know why I didn't think about it till now. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. D. But anyway, check out his um, podcast. It's Mr. D Math. So, okay, so let's segue, like Marilyn was saying, on to science. So you come out of a regular public school or private school and uh, come to see Mrs. Varnell and show her your transcript. And it says, 
integrated science. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? And what course are you supposed to take next? So what and do you do? And did they that? do the same thing with those textbooks yeah. and throw them up in the air? Right. Um, it tends to be when they integrate, if they, in, if they have integrated science in ninth grade, it tends to be physical science, biology, and chemistry. Uh, sometimes it's just biology and chemistry that's integrated. That seems to be coming more and more common, the integrated science. The problem is that's probably less easy to deal with than math. Mm -hmm. Math tends to be pretty straightforward in terms of algebra one covers these concepts, geometry these, algebra two covers these concepts. So it's the problem is what is bio, which is a traditional biology high school course cover. What is a traditional high school chemistry course cover? That's less written than concrete, um, and so really dealing with students who have this integrated science, especially if they want to go into a STEM field, is very difficult. So they may, and especially if their integrated science was three years worth, so they had integrated one, two, and three, but they transferred to homeschooling at junior year, they didn't get integrated three. So does that mean they have holes in chemistry and biology? And potentially physics, too. And physics, <laughs> Depending, yeah. again, on whether they're integrating physical science, biology and chemistry, or biology, chemistry, and physics. So what have you guys done with that? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, and let's make it even more complicated. If they also were doing integrated math, and they're doing integrated science, what chemistry did they do if they hadn't finished Algebra 1? Because you need Algebra 1 for chemistry. So it gets very complicated figuring out where their right, holes so, are. <laughs> OK, so go ahead. Figured out for science. us, Barb. Well, sometimes what we then have to figure out is what they're interested in doing afterwards. So for example, if they're interested in engineering, we really have to concentrate on physics and a little bit of chemistry and probably we can let biology go by the wayside. Uh -huh. If they're talking about say the medical field we can we need to concentrate on biology and chemistry and let the physics go a little bit more by the wayside. Um, so it kind of depends at that point on what the student wants to do and make sure that they're ready to go into college at the level. A lot of colleges are seeing more remediations these days of students who aren't ready or who flunked the first biology or chemistry class. Right. Just because, yeah. and I think part of that is just because of the way that they're teaching the classes in high school. They don't cover what they need to cover. So at that point, it just becomes individualized. Yeah, but it sounds like in both cases, whether it's going more into the biological or medical fields, you need chem. If you're going more into engineering or physics, you need chem. Right. So chemistry is going to really be something to make sure that the kids have those concepts yes. down. And then the other interest areas will help. Right. So maybe junior year, they'll make up some chemistry or really review chemistry or really lean into that and then senior year specialize or do both both years or yeah it's it's kind of difficult again if I can get a hold of the book uh-huh or I can get a hold of a class a really good class description not the generic ones they have on the website like right. this is an integrated class that covers biology chemistry and physics that doesn't like, tell great. you anything <laughs> um, I can get an idea of what they've covered and what they haven't we could get a standard chemistry textbook and then say okay Mm -hmm. These are these are the areas that you're lacking. Uh, that's where 
um, again, it's, it's all individualized. It's all if, if you can come out of the school with as much information as possible. Students, unfortunately, as Marilyn said, don't know enough to be able to really answer questions. Yeah, because they're not used to doing course descriptions. Right, right. And also, the teachers don't have ever referred to, this is the chemistry portion, this is biology portion. So to oh. them, they don't have that nomenclature to even know what to put yeah. the stuff that they studied under. All right, so so you got these parents <laughs> coming in, and y'all, I mean, y'all get this all the time, right? Unfortunately, yeah. yes. <laughs> More than we'd like. Yes. Because homeschooling is the hip thing to do. Uh -huh. It's it's really like a, a very, very growing educational choice. And so more and more students are transferring to homeschooling. It's the best thing for them. And that's a good thing. But then you get these poor parents <laughs> and these poor kids who have these integrated messes on their their transcripts. And what if they don't have a Mrs. Varnell to, like, should they just quit? You know? <laughs> well, I mean, one of the problems is there's still, we had a student come in this year that actually ended up transferring to a different school and still had the mess. And the other school wasn't able to deal with it. So unfortunately, mm -hmm. the messes on the transcript tend to be smack dab in the parent's lap, regardless of whether they homeschool or simply are trying to transfer to another school. So what we're saying is that some things about transferring, no matter where a student transfers, are difficult. Yes. But it is doable. Yes. So it's only it's only hard in the figuring out process, and then it's hard on the kid just catching up, but that's their job. Yes. The, the parent part they can do, right? Right. Because we want to encourage people, like, don't give up. You can no. do this. Yeah. No, you can definitely do it. One of the things that you might want to do is if you don't have a lot of homeschool support in your area is really turn to a local community college. Most of the community colleges will end up testing them and then they can plug them into a math or a uh, science class that they test into and you can do it that way. If your child, however, is struggling because of other issues, anxiety, depression, things like that, that might not be an option, but those are areas that you're gonna have to deal with and I think you've dealt with it on other podcasts before even dealing with the academics. Right, so if there are things like anxiety or depression, they need to go work with a counselor Yes. And it's a useful and helpful life skill, yes. speaking as a counselor. And, so. Well, and as a coach, you have a coaching service. They could yeah. call you. So if you'd like some <laughs> advice, you, we'll dump it on you. Yeah, contact me at VickiTillmanCoaching.com. So, uh, all right. I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll send them to Barb. <laughs> so, all right. So now the, the interesting thing is is in homeschooling and in a, a lot of regular schools, they are still doing the, we're making this clear curriculum. So we do algebra one, we do algebra two, we do geometry, various orders sometimes, but they cover right, them right. and not the integrated. Um, but now it's kind of the hip thing at state universities to do integrated courses at that level. And so we've had some experience with our local kids going off into the freshman year and they're doing integrated biology and chemistry. So have you talked to any of the kids about their experiences and, and given them advice on how to succeed when you go from, okay, this is how it works in normal life, but now we're throwing it all together again? Um, it, it is difficult. It's difficult mainly if the professors don't work together. 
And that's what I've seen in some of the cases. They seem to, the professors are still treating it as I'm teaching biology or I'm teaching chemistry, and they don't talk to each other, and that makes it very difficult on the students. So the students have to figure out how biology and chemistry integrate. So mostly what they're integrating is the labs. Yes, and even then, that tends to be a problem because the labs tend to be run by graduate students who weren't taught like that. <laughs> and, I, and I think they're using in the labs the, the problem-based learning, so they're just giving them things to figure out. And, um, and so they have to, they're actually integrating biology and chemistry, so it's a lot of sorting through. Right, and that's good because of my background. That's a higher level skill you need, but usually my feeling is integrate later classes, not the earlier classes, because they need to have a solid foundation prior to being able to do that. Like we did the problem-based learning in organic chemistry, that's pretty common. But if I didn't have, this is how chemistry works, I could not yeah. have done that. And that's what I see a number of our students, and they're high-end students, really struggling with the whole integrated science concept in college is it, it doesn't, the colleges don't seem to have figured this out exactly how to do it yet. And they're test subjects. <laughs> yeah, so when we have kids, and I, I was just talking to my sister who's a, a associate provost at a state college. And what she says to kids is, go talk to your professors. Go talk to your, so if you're in an integrated class or any class you're over your head in, kids, <laughs> go talk to that professor because it's their job to help you succeed. Yes. So, and most professors, um, there's always a psycho professor here or there, but most professors are really interested in kids succeeding. And so it's a good life skill for kids to practice even at, at the high school level. If yes. you need help, you ask somebody. So co-op classes are nice because there's a teacher there that you can ask, not at midnight, but yes. Yeah. And usually there's somebody that will help. Part of the problems that, again, if you're in a big state university, you can end up with a lot of graduate students who may or may not be interested in teaching. And they're the ones that supposedly are to help you. You don't have to always go to the one that's assigned to you. You can mm -hmm. ferret out people who are more helpful, especially if you talk to people who've already had the class, how they survived. And that's it, is, is spunkiness is a life skill. <laughs> Communication. Yes. Yeah. And that, and so it's something we want to talk to our teens about is no matter what the transitions are in life, we communicate, we ask for help, we, we look for ways around the problem. And that's, that's what made the homeschool community great anyway, is being innovative, right? Yes. And exactly. uh, finding new ways to do things. So, so transferring from a traditional school to homeschooling is awesome. It's yes. just sometimes very clunky in the beginning, transferring information from one transcript to the next and figuring out what on earth you do for courses and filling in holes. But once yes. you get that underway, have you seen, you guys, seen success in kids who have transferred from a school setting once they're in homeschool? Almost oh, definitely. Most definitely. Especially kids who are transferring out because of again, learning issues, depression, anxiety, once you're taking them out of a situation that's given, that's, that's fed into those problems, you've gotten those problems at least under control, they then begin to blossom and they are more 
they are more s successful both in high school and in college as well. Have you seen STEM kids succeed transferring from school school to homeschooling? Yes, yes, I have. A lot of times, especially with the charter schools in our area, uh, there are very there's a, they're under a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. The high end kids mm -hmm. and just to get some of the, and some of the kids just aren't good at dealing with that that pressure at that age. And, and it's a lot of times it's unnecessary pressure. It's like busy work pressure. It's busy work pressure or it's prestige of the school pressure. Yeah. Um, and so once you get them out of that, they have all of the skills. They they're really good at math and science but you need to give them the ability to succeed and be able to then transition into a college setting. And yeah, I've seen them being successful so at they it. So can, they can rock it at homeschool. Yes. 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 And then get into college, right? Yes. Because that's what the STEM majors <laughs> need to do. Yes. So what would you say, um, so Marilyn and Barb are the advisors for local homeschool umbrella school. What would you say is the college acceptance rate? So you have a STEM major that's graduated from the umbrella school and has applied to college. How many of those kids have gotten into college? I would say all of them. Now, have they gotten into their top school, especially if they're applying to something like Cornell or Princeton or Harvard? No, yeah. uh, but they have gotten into good solid schools and it's always a balance with colleges, you know, what school you get into, what major you want. Um, right. And, and most schools, most kids will have their, we're shooting for the stars on one. Right. And they really don't, shouldn't even go there. Right. But they, yeah. So what you're saying is, is the local STEM kids homeschool, graduate, go to college. Yes. Some of them go into college and they're tutoring kids in their classes because they have a solid foundation. We've heard that. Yep. More than once. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, all right, so let's brainstorm a minute. I didn't, we didn't talk about this ahead of time, so we got to put our <laughs> brainstorming hats on. Let's think of some, some homeschool graduates that we know that have gone into STEM fields and have graduated. Okay. From college. Okay. All right. Can, Barb, can you think of any? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have two of my... Two of my three daughters. Mm -hmm. uh, one is starting, uh, graduating with her doctorate in electrical engineering from Princeton this summer, and she has a job as a professor out at in Milwaukee at Milwaukee School of Engineering. Um, That's cool. So yeah, so she's in the midst of, of making that move. Uh, my second daughter uh, graduated from UC Davis Vet School, which is the number one vet school in the country. She just did that in May, and she has an internship in an equine surgery practice currently. I, I see her Facebook pages. Yes. <laughs> the prettiest pictures of where she's at. Yeah, and, and so we've had kids over the years um, go into medical research in yes. the STEM majors. Um, medical school. Medical school. A bunch of nursing graduates. A lot, a lot of, of nursing. A lot of nursing. A lot more computer science majors and engineering yeah. majors. Yeah. Uh, one of our teachers, her daughter, uh, got her PhD at Notre Dame and is now a professor at Penn State Mechanical Engineering. So that's uh, really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the the kids that I keep up with um, that have gone into engineering stop with their bachelor's degree and go right into the field and do very well for themselves. Yes. Engineering is one of the last bastions of science. You can actually get a really good job 
in with a bachelor's degree. Yeah. So we, we've seen kids grow and succeed from homeschooling mm -hmm. into STEM fields and other fields as well, but we were kind of segueing over into STEM things. So, all right. So what we want to encourage moms and dads who are bringing kids out of a traditional school into homeschooling, it is sometimes difficult just figuring out what the holes are and getting the transcript clear, but that's just a thing. And the kids can grow and succeed and, and really fulfill their potentials once you get the little early glitches done. So yeah. don't be intimidated by it. No. The, the neat thing is, is that once they, once you fill the holes, they can then start exploring in areas that they wouldn't be able to in a normal traditional high school. You can give them ability to look into things and start um, career exploration um, right. classes, doing different things in high school, allowing them to even do competitions that they wouldn't have necessarily time to do if they were in a traditional school, just doing busy work. Doing busy work, which is a, a lot of kids, is just a killer, and it keeps them from growing and becoming. So anything to add to that, Marilyn? I don't think we've covered most of it. Very okay. good. So for, for more posts and, and information on changing from one school to the other and earning credits, visit sevensistershomeschool.com. So we've got lots and lots of posts there. And also visit our other friends at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, like Mr. D. Matt. And we will see you next week for another adventure with Homeschooling High School on the Homeschool High School Podcast. Visit homeschool. Sevensistershomeschool.com. Thank you. <laughs> Hopefully Seth will edit that out. It'll show up in the blooper reel. Um, so.